All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just the life TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I am an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator, and founder of not only just the live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Cam Network. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about um, toxic relationships and what those mean, um, what they feel like, and really how to create healthy relationships. So we're going to be getting into that in a moment. Uh, today's sponsor is a Phoenix Identity. Go and click the link to get their seven ways you may be damaging your relationships. Um, this goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Very important to take acknowledgement and ownership for the way that we are in our relationships. So go and download that guide um, and that will actually help you figure out a few things that, that you may be doing uh, to cause a lot of tension in your relationships. So Go and check that out. Download it. Link in the description. Um, if you would like to get a hold of myself or my guest speaker today, go please and check out links in the description. You can reach us at any time. Comment, engage, um, and let's get started. Melissa, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Melissa Hart. Just two Melissas with you this morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm a coach and a speaker, and my mission is to help women who feel lost and overwhelmed by life's changes to find clarity and build confidence so they can step bravely into the next chapter of their lives. So I'm really excited to be here this morning. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, so today, again, we're talking about toxic relationships. And one of the points you had made before we started this this uh, recording was that you know the the language that we use and I wanted to bring that up and I want you to explain the what what led to that conversation we were originally going to title this toxic how to deal with toxic individuals right um and you made a very valid point so I want you to share that point I think something that I'm really interested in talking about right now in today's culture and society is how incredibly divisive everything is and are there ways in which we can contribute positively to bringing more unity and I think that the language that we use about ourselves and about other people can either cause us to draw closer together or to have more division and so to aside from the fact that that's a toxic person is a generally negative way of speaking and that's a whole nother conversation about the science behind what happens when we allow negativity to come out of our mouths when we label people in that way we're creating distance between us and them there's judgment and there's an othering and what's missing is understanding that at the end of the day this is one of my personal core beliefs we're all doing the best we can with the skills and resources available to us and hurt people hurt people. And when we have more of a compassionate, loving understanding of other people and their motivations and behavior, I think that allows us to feel a little more connected to our neighbors. But what that doesn't necessitate <laughs> is that we stay in close relationship with that person, right? Two things can be true. We can understand and have loving compassion for where they're at and their struggles and their childhoods and their trauma and how that might be coming out and harmful and toxic behavior. And we can also choose to say, I don't want that energy in my life, but I do think that it's important to be careful about the language that we use. 
majority of my friendships and even family relationships um, that have ended, uh, we're specifically talking about the ones that have ended mm -hmm. for a second, is, you know, majority of them, I've let them go with love. I have had mm -hmm. multiple friendships where I've sat down and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm not okay in this relationship anymore. I'm not putting it on you. I'm not saying you're the cause. I'm not comfortable in this relationship anymore. I need to take a step back and walk away. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it because in, in the long scheme of things, what people don't realize is that when we're triggered, when we feel like somebody's behavior, words or actions or even beliefs are toxic, that's our perception of that. Right. Yeah. Um, I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more. If Melissa turned around and said and called me a bitch and, and I'm going to curse for a mm -hmm. second, um, I'd be like, okay, your point. Yeah. Like I am, I know I am. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> but if I reverse that, right. And, and, you know, if I said, oh my God, hi, Melissa. Hi, bitch. How's it going? Right. <laughs> if you didn't like being called mm -hmm. that, right. Am I at fault for calling you that when it doesn't matter to me? No, I'm not, right? Because I don't know that it's an issue for you. And I'm going to jump that in for one of the ways that we find relationships toxic is our perception of things, right? Yeah. If somebody says, does, or behaves a certain way that you don't like, you're the one who doesn't like it. Now, I'm not, I'm not condoning their behavior. If their behavior is validly toxic, morally, um, you know, lawfully toxic, then absolutely. But at the same time, you need to vocalize that. Right? Well, and I think that's the that's how you differentiate between healthy and toxic is can you have that conversation? Is the person on the other side from you able to have that kind of conversation and receive your words about this hurt me and I'll tell you why and the difference between healthy and toxic is the ability to even have that I think is one of the markers you can use yeah um I have four kids and one of the things I say to my own children is you know if they've done something stupid and trust their kids <laughs> right if I do something stupid I say you know that wasn't very smart and you're a smart person but your behavior wasn't smart Right. And it's it's realizing the difference that people aren't their behaviors. People aren't their beliefs. People right. as an identity coach and a, and a mental health and emotional health expert, we are not the way we express ourselves. Not now, not in society these days. Yeah, we are how, you know, we are our passions. We are our yeah. our core identity. What I say to people isn't always going to be who I am. And your perception of that is totally different. So if you perceive that somebody's actions, thoughts, or beliefs, or even words are toxic, being able to have that conversation and know that you're the one that finds it toxic. And when you have that conversation, it's not putting it on the other person. It's, hey, I don't know if you know, but I find that mm. word really offensive. And, you know, I, I'm no issue but I do find it offensive and, and can you try not to just say it around me right and we need to respect that of people right and yeah. if the person is non-toxic <laughs> or in a non-toxic yeah. behavior um they're gonna they're gonna hear you but you can't expect people to change 
a toxic behavior or a toxic word, if you don't communicate, you find issue with it. And I think what you're talking about is unpopular these days, because I think what's popular is to just rage about this toxic group or person or political thing and 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 just you you get praised for cutting them off or saying all these negative things like that's really that feeds like whatever that is whatever that psychology term is that feeds our, yeah whatever that feeds our brains when we see that headline or we see that video where that person's raging it's really popular to kind of point the finger the other way and I think what you and I are interested in really dialing down into is okay well where's the self-responsibility like if we just continue to do that we're just going to continue to spiral and have complete separation between ourselves and others and so this piece of being able to own our part of it and communicate clearly how does that other person know (laughs) that they're hurting you if you're not communicating it and if we also have this belief that everyone's doing the, the best that they can and that I think most people are not waking up in the morning thinking, how many people can I harm today with my words? Maybe some are. We can have that conversation. But I don't think most people are. I think most people are doing the best they can to be loved and accepted and welcomed and belong. You know, that but the problem is that doesn't that kind of attitude and mentality and way of speaking doesn't get you the clicks and the likes. And so it's uh, not as valued, I think, right now. Yeah, I have the perfect example of that uh, from this weekend, actually, or, or Monday, I should say. Um, so I'm in Canada. I'm in central Canada and we are absolutely diverse in Canada. We have many different cultures, many different nationalities. Um, so Diwali was actually Monday. Mm-hmm. And from Thursday evening to Monday evening, we had fireworks constantly. All Every evening we had fireworks. And I'm nothing against the fireworks, nothing against the celebration. <laughs> I was all for it until it went on until after two in the morning. Oh dear. Yeah. And so the people in my area or, or we on Facebook, we have a a residence group on Facebook, you know, for anybody to join that's in our local area. Right. And there was post after post after post about, you know, this is disrespectful. I understand that it's a holiday. I understand it's the festival of lights and, you know, everything that's going on with this holiday. And that's great. Right. And I even commented and I said, I have no issue. It doesn't matter gender, race, culture. I don't care about any of that. If you want to light fireworks on your holidays, light fireworks on your holidays. Mm -hmm. Not a problem, but not after midnight. Not after midnight. My my entire family was up until after 3 a.m. on Monday. Nobody went to work. Nobody went to school Tuesday because we were so exhausted. Yeah. Because every few minutes we had fireworks going off and put that aside, all of these posts on Facebook and anybody who complained on Facebook were targeted by a handful of people saying that it was racist, that we were complaining because of the fireworks, um, that it's once a year, get over it. It's one night out of 365 days, not realizing that for some of us, it was actually day five already. Um, 
And, you know, not knowing that duality is actually a five to six day event. And that was the, that's, that's society though. That's social media culture to attack and to perceive things that aren't there. We weren't being toxic for saying, Hey, no, (laughs) cause they get the kudos to you. Oh, look, you're so whatever, woke, whatever language you want to use. Oh, you're, you know, you're so woke for seeing, for recognizing racism. Right. And so there's this like, um, validation or approval or kudos that they get (laughs) by doing that. And that's what I mean. There's this weird feedback loop that is increasing people's, you know, desire to kind of post and call out and, you know, kind of come down on completely reasonable feedback. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that is society. There are there are a ton of toxic relationships. And I wish we could, as as a society, understand what a toxic relationship actually looks like. People aren't toxic. Generally, yeah. people aren't toxic. We you we throw narcissists around like it's going out of style. Narcissists are not like candy. Popular. We all have narcissistic tendencies. Not everybody's a narcissist. Um, I actually find that most people who are further into a narcissistic tendency will call other people out for being narcissists, um, which is quite entertaining. Um, I've talked to psychologists and uh, going on a narcissist rant. I've talked to psychologists and psychiatrists who've done extensive research on narcissism, and it is absolutely and utterly rare to be diagnosed as a true narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um I have a family member who I am utterly convinced is an actual true narcissist. Um, and it's not just because I don't like them, not not just because they're toxic to me, um, but just the way they are. And we, you're right, society does that all the time. The cancel mm-hmm. culture, like why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why can't mm-hmm. we just agree to disagree? Why can't we... Um, and I love how you worded it. Everybody is doing the best they can mm-hmm. with the knowledge that they have at that moment. I, mm-hmm. People are like, oh, I made a mistake or I regret this. I'm like, why? You did the best that you can with the knowledge. 100% that you have. agree. I don't carry regret like that. And I know no. I've changed my views and opinions on things a lot. And I have one family member in particular that all he wants so desperately is for me to just say I was wrong or I was an idiot or I can't believe I believe that. And I won't do it. I will not talk about myself that way because you know what? I was doing the best I could with the skills and resources available to me. That's what I thought was best at the time. And if I believe that about myself, I can believe that about other people. But if I don't believe that about myself, how can I possibly extend that kind of compassion and understanding to others if I hate myself? And so it was really important for me to build that for myself first. I'm interested in talking more about what do toxic relationships look like and how, you know, because I think there are people listening that are like, okay, great, sure, I could, I could be a little more introspective and take a little bit more ownership and, and accountability. But I, I, I do want to recognize that sometimes it is important to create distance and separate yourself from people. And it's okay to prioritize your own health and your own wellness and not let other people steal that from you. Absolutely. Before you get into that, though, I want to comment on your, on your, your one family member there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is important for us to take accountability for our own actions, yeah. right? And one of the things that people forget to do is I might not intentionally mean to hurt somebody's feelings with my actions, right? So we're talking about toxic relationships. If I say something that hurts mm. your feelings, <clears throat> if you bring that to my attention and say, you know what, I, yes, okay, I was doing the best that I had with the knowledge that I had at that time. But if my actions, words, or beliefs hurt your feelings, that mm -hmm. was unintentional. And I take ownership of that, right? If one of my kids or my husband comes up and says, Melissa, that comment really hurt me. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry that that my comment made you feel that way. I, that was not my intention. Um, and I will, I'll try not to do that again in the future, right? But acknowledging that, you know, sometimes even without the intentions, your words do hurt. Uh, it wasn't that I hurt him. It was that he wants what I believed, uh, the opinions I had, had nothing to do with him. He just thought they were stupid. Oh, so yeah. in, that in that particular example, he just wants me to own that I believed something that was wrong. It actually had nothing to do with him. But I agree with you. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. If someone is harmed by my act, you know, when I when I left the church and I realized that how much I had harmed people I absolutely went back and did repairing and apologize like 100% like that absolutely has to even though I was doing the best I could in that system that religious system doesn't matter I still harmed people and had to make amends for that yeah. but when it has nothing to do with the other person yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm less hesitant to like talk negatively about my personal like beliefs. I don't have yeah. to apologize to you. For that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So you wanted to move on to what does a toxic relationship actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I have a family member um, that I am currently not in relationship with and um, it, it took a while to get there and I don't think that it's forever. And so the first thing I want to say is that sometimes there is this, mentality that when you cut someone off or you end ties it's forever and it doesn't have to be you have the right to say just in this season right and so in my particular experience it was building my business like I was focusing on my mental health I had had a lot of trauma recently and I could not allow this person to have her negative um, toxic energy in my space because I wanted to be well and I wanted to be well for the clients that I was doing like healing work with but that doesn't mean that I will never speak to her again right or never have a relationship with her again and so I want to make sure people you know give themselves a little bit of grace for like it's okay to just say right now because I'm having a hard time or I'm prioritizing something else that's important to me the the main things that led to me recognizing that I needed to end this particular relationship with I hadn't spoken to this person in a while and we had contact over something and these are the things that I noticed I do I talk a lot about embodiment and learning to listen to what our body is telling us and the signs and so when I had contact with this person several things happened for me, anxiety presents with heart palpitations. And so I started having heart palpitations. I didn't sleep all night. <clears throat> Excuse me. My mind was constantly racing. Like I was defensive and I was angry to a level that I do not normally get to. And so I was acting 
out of, I fell out of control and I was acting out of character, even in my own mind and my body. Right. And so this person was taking so much of my own energy. Like I was giving away my power to this person, <laughs> allowing a very brief interaction. Um, I think it was helpful for me that we had had the space of not speaking and I was able to recognize so quickly. Sometimes when you're in it, it might be a little bit more difficult because your nervous system is already just heightened all the time. But I listened to what my body was saying and I recognized these signs and I said, I don't want to feel this way. The other piece that was really important for me to identify was there was not space for me in that relationship. So back to what we talked about in the beginning, when I feel hurt by this person or I want to set a boundary, she is not capable of having that conversation with me. And there is not space for me to say how I feel. And so if I don't feel that I have space in a relationship, how is that healthy or how is that bringing goodness into my own life and it's a little nuanced when it's this is an immediate family member it's it's a little bit it's hard um but when there is no room for me to advocate for myself as i get older and do the work and grow more confident in who i am that's a little harder for me to swallow right there's not a mutual respect and i can't set boundaries and every relationship needs boundaries and so the inability to do that and how it felt in my body and I chose to prioritize my own wellness in the season of life that I was in and all of those things combined were what led me to make that decision yeah um I my entire maternal side of my family was used to shock to me Mm. Um, and a lot of that comes down to my mother. Mm. Um, and while, you know, I'm, I can hold gratitude for her for birthing me. I can hold gratitude for her for, you know, um, giving me a semi-stable environment <laughs> for majority of my life. Um, <laughs> her behavior or, or yeah, her behavior towards me, um, was toxic. It was, you know, nothing was, she never took responsibility for anything. Um, she never, she was never at fault. Um, she was either a victim one. or a savior. Um, and one. this is why I say, I believe my mother is a true narcissist um, as defined as, you know, the 1%. Um, and shortly after I cut ties with her, um, her, her behavior and her words created the rest of my family to cut ties with me mm -hmm. without any communication without any understanding without any prior knowledge it was completely and utterly cut ties um wow. <clears throat> now that is a toxic relationship um and the signs are and like you said and i love that you put that out there is feeling into your body right if you are going into a relationship or going into communication with somebody whether this is a work relationship family relationship friendship mm -hmm. whatever space you were holding for this person if you are feeling anxious going into that if you were feeling mm -hmm. panic if you were feeling irritation anger if you are feeling very heavy emotions I don't like saying negative emotions anymore I'm going to call I'm mm -hmm. starting to call them heavy emotions um if you're feeling heavy emotions in your body every time 
that you are going to be interacting or even potentially interacting with this person, then that is a toxic relationship. Now, whether or not you, you end that relationship is different. And like Melissa said earlier, it's whether or not you can have that conversation. Um, that's seven ways you may be, you know, damaging your relationships. That, that guide talks about, you know, holding yourself accountable knowing what it means to really listen, um, having healthy communication, and being able to express yourself without putting that on somebody else's shoulders, right? Um, I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big, that's holding yourself accountable. If you, like I said, if you go into that relationship or potential and go, I'm feeling really uncomfortable, then you need to ask yourself why why are you feeling uncomfortable what's going on yeah i i really like what you t said about <laughs> your mom not apologizing or owning her own mistakes i have a family member where that's the case and i've been thinking a lot about why i hold that person at a distance and i haven't cut them off and i don't plan to end that relationship but i think why there is more distance with that person than other people in my family is exactly that the lack of ownership and owning their own harm and mistakes. And I think why that's important is when there's disruption in a relationship, there needs to be repair. And if there's no repair, <laughs> then the distance becomes further. And what starts to grow bitterness, resentment, there's no trust there right? You're, you're not going to be vulnerable and open and there's going to be less and less connection between you and that other person. And I do think that is important to have, particularly in relationships where you're very close or you're spending a lot of time and there's just kind of a, um, a, a deeper level to the relationship. It's, it, it's hard for me to imagine a healthy, thriving relationship without that where people are kind of able to own their own stuff yeah um and that's why i say the one percent narcissist mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. in 60 plus years um nothing's ever been her fault yeah um and and it truly doesn't see the issue yeah um and that's that's where it is right you can have people who are like oh hey i'm sorry or you know hey i did this and, and i you know i'm sorry about that um, I recently heard a story where um, there was one person who was being treated very badly by another. Um, and it was coming close to damaging the relationship between the two main players of the story that I'm telling. Um, and I don't want to go into too much detail about that, but it does um, speak towards this. And this being an actual toxic relationship is um, for the start of the so there's the main relationship, the main two players. And this player brought in another. This one being rude to this one. Mm, hurting this one. Right? When this one brought it to the other one's attention that there was damage being caused, this one decided, oh, I love you, to the other one. Mm. To the new, new introduction. Um, mm. So when it, 
you know that yep. that's yeah yep. that, that's now you've created here. a layer you've created a layer you've added bricks to the wall that's what's happening there right is like okay it's not that you can't get over that and still continue the relationship when that happens but i absolutely it creates like some an an, an energetic block there in the um, relationship and like i said um i'm gonna backtrack for a second and talk about my you know my family again i have i I love my family. Absolutely love my family. I might not be there all the time. I might not be, you know, I am yeah, very same. stingy with my time. <laughs> I lie. Um, my time and my attention are, are very stingy these days. Um, but I have family members who have no idea who I am, no idea who I've become, no idea same. the type of relationship mm-hmm. they're missing out on because they're choosing to be sheep and I'm and and that I will I will call people out on that there are society now are teaching people how to be sheep how to not engage in their own mind not engage in their own processes to you know the cancel culture I've experienced cancel culture firsthand because of one person's words one person created an entire family to cancel me because of one person's word they couldn't go off their own they couldn't make their own decisions when i and and i will take i'm not the greatest person absolutely i'm not i'm human yeah but i had bent over backwards for a lot of people in that family mentally emotionally financially um time and not a single one of them would give me the time of day or the respect to say, what is going on? You mean something to me. Instead, they walked away. Yeah. My aunt actually called me a self-entitled little bitch. <laughs> yeah. So needless and, to say, <laughs> it's great. And you know, the real work there is being able to experience that and go through that level of hurt and grief over that loss and anger for the injustice and to still believe the good in people right and still and still being able to say like see it's even hard for me to say everyone's doing the best they can it's really easy to say it it's really hard to say it when you're experiencing that level of hurt and harm and you know i would love to just say to anyone who's listening it's really easiest easy for us to sit here and and talk about this is how i recognize it and separate yourself and cut them off it's incredibly difficult to do that especially when it's immediate family and in your case it was kind of done for you it sounds like a little bit but it is not black and white right? And I'm still learning it. And you get to make mistakes and you get to make decisions that feel right for you in the time. And you get to continue to do your own work and set your own boundaries that feel right for you. And and to not feel shame for staying in relationships that are toxic longer than you wish that you had. Yeah. Okay. You were figuring it out. <laughs> like how yeah. do you, you know, how you don't know until you know, and you don't know until you learn. And a lot of us learn by experience and it's incredibly nuanced and not always black and white but you know I've given myself permission as I get older to prioritize myself 
again, not in a way that hurts people, but I can't be responsible for their emotions or their feelings or their reactions they have to do their own work and i personally choose to try to have a loving compassionate mentality towards even the people or systems that hurt me but that's hard <laughs> mm -hmm. it absolutely is um and let's segue that into what are healthy relationships yeah. i don't believe that anybody is truly capable of having perfect relationships perfection is a myth please I understand agree. that that is my Belief that perfection is a myth. No relationship is going to be perfect. We are human. We are human. Um, but a healthy relationship starts with you. A healthy yes. relationship always starts with you. You cannot yes. create a healthy relationship by expecting or requiring other people to change to suit you. That is, that is toxic. That is a toxic yes. behavior. I once told my husband that... I can't expect you to change for me. I can't ask you to. I can't expect you to. But you can't expect me to stay. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'm still married. I'm not wearing my rings, but I'm still married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but that's healthy communication. Healthy relationships start with owning and taking accountability and responsibility yes. for your own actions, your own thoughts and beliefs, why the seven ways you may be done in damaging your relationship is key because it starts with you then you start putting that out there hey this I don't like this my husband knows not to call he can call me whatever name he wants under the sun as long as we're joking if he calls me a name out of anger then I'm going to react in anger um we but it's healthy communication it's hey that triggered me I don't like that um, can we figure out a way where you can still express yourself and be yourself, but still respect me at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, are you able to have that level of conversation in your relationships? Like we talked about earlier, right? Is this someone who creates and allows space for your feelings, your emotions, your needs is it equitable for me as I get older equity is so important like I want to feel that there's equal um, effort put in that there's equal sharing put in and that there's equal just ability to respect and meet each other's needs <clears throat> and desires and being able to have those conversations is really like necessary for me and it doesn't mean you're having them every week with your best girlfriends, let's have our, our weekly check-in, not necessarily, but if you feel like there's something that is on your heart and your mind, um, I think a, a healthy, thriving relationship allows for that level of communication and, and all the things we talked about. Do both parties apologize and own when they've messed up? Because they will. You will. You're human. You will make mistakes and you will hurt people. Can you apologize? Can you repair? I think something else that's important is are there expectations? Are they, are there clear expectations? Like is the person you're in a relationship, do they know what your expectations are? And do you know what their expectations are? Because what happens when that's not clear is then you or the other party end up feeling hurt because, well, they didn't do that for me or this didn't happen. Did they know that you wanted them to do that? <laughs> right. And so sometimes there can be this, 
um, buildup, right, between you and this other person where you're feeling frustrated or hurt or angry because it was never said, right? It was it was never clearly said what that expectation was. And that's really hard. I think, especially as women, we're starting to talk about that more, what it looks like to ask for what you want or say what you need. And again, that's really challenging, but without clear expectations, I think it very easily leads to a lot of bitterness and resentment that can cause issues in relationships. I agree, um, but I do want to stress that ex- putting, putting ex- there's a difference. You can have mm. expectations or things that you need or, mm. or whatever way, but you cannot put those expectations on other people. Um, so scenario that I like sure. to say if I'm moving um or if, if my friend is moving and they say hey Melissa I need your help if I have the ability to go and help them right I will absolutely right I, I will jump and come and help you but if they don't do the same for me I can't expect them to do it just because it's something that I would do right sure um So understanding that expectations is actually one of the leading causes to relationship failures in all aspects, Yeah, because we expect something with expectations, just communication, right? Just communication. You can't expect somebody else to know what you need if you don't communicate it, right? Um, And if they consistently don't follow through or consistently, if they say, hey, yeah, I'm going to try to do that and don't try at all then that's that's probably a toxic behavior right there. Yeah, and I appreciate that point. I guess why I do think expectations are important is because, I mean, I think it's different for family and friends and romantic. Like, I think that there are different levels. I guess why I think it's important to talk about expectations in the context of healthy relationships is... And, and yeah, it can, it, it can be more to do with you than that other person. Do you think it would be more so boundaries than expectations? I guess why I'm stuck on expectations is because I think that's, like you said, I think that's where a lot of like resentment and bitterness comes from. And maybe it's more of that you need to do the work to fully look in the mirror about what your expectations are Mm -hmm. (laughs) and are they reasonable and should they be applied to this relationship or and if they are well I'm not if this person can't meet them and it's necessary that that person meets them then I need to step away because that's creating toxicity so I I think it's both to answer your question but I, I guess I'm still talking about expectations because I think my guess is we're not totally honest with ourselves (laughs) about our expectations. So maybe it's not that you're constantly talking about expectations with that person, but with yourself or with your therapist or with your healer and that there's a little more honesty about why do I expect that from that person? Why does it hurt me when that person doesn't meet that expectation? Oh, maybe because in my childhood, you gotta get it right. And that there's just a little bit more honesty about it. Yeah. And in that situation, you would not, right? If, if it's an expectation that you have because something happened, right? Um, that's like um, having a toxic, a toxic uh, domestic violent relationship, right? And then going into your next one and saying, you can't do this because this person did it. And then it led to this, right? 
um, even though that person may not be doing it for the same reason or the same whatever, right? Uh, it was just one of those things. Um, so yeah, expectations and boundaries are, are definitely huge. Um, but, but I would be cautious on the expectation. Yes, you have needs. Yes, you have boundaries. Um, but expectations, again, are your own, right? It's I expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about your example of the friends and moving. And so I'm thinking, I still see expectations there because I would, I would think, well, I would think in order for that relationship to be successful where one person helps and the other doesn't, and maybe, maybe we're talking about the same thing where you, maybe you're using boundaries and I'm using expectations for me in order for that relationship to sustain, it would need to be clearly understood and accepted <laughs> that someone's not always going to say yes to helping or have different involvement. Different when ways though. Um, so let's talk romance for a second, uh, as mm -hmm. an example. Um, I am, so if anybody knows what the five love languages are, mine is affection and attention. Um, I like mine's physical touch and affection. And does my husband provide that to me all the time? No, he does not. Um, now I could expect that, hey, this is my love language. I expect you to provide me with that love language. Now, <clears throat> that has uh, in the early stages of our relationship caused issue <clears throat> until I realized that that was my expectation um, and not a boundary, not something that I absolutely needed. It was my expectation. Um, I now vocalize, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little bit um, neglected here. Can, can we set aside some time to snuggle or watch a movie or whatever, right? Um, but looking at my husband, and if we take physical affection, right, my expectation, my needs, something that I do for him and, and need back, because we always do for people what we would like done for ourselves, right? Um, he makes sure that my car is working at all times. He makes sure that there are things around the house that I don't ever have to do. Um, his, his love language is gifts of service or acts of service, right? So looking at him, I can expect that he will love me or provide for me the way that I will for him, that causes issues. But if I look internally and say, okay, that is my expectation, how is he showing me that he loves me in his way, right? And in his way, he's showing me love by doing things for me that I then don't have to do, right? Yeah. So that's why I said expectations are a killer because if I expect my friend to move me and they don't because they're not comfortable with that, maybe they physically can't, but they provide for me or give to me in different ways, right? That's one of the human, that's, it's, it's a human characteristic to have expectations. Um, but at the same time, we do put those on other people when we shouldn't be. And that's, and that's where I was going with the, the expectations and boundaries, because probably about 75% of relationship breakdowns are caused by expectation, yeah. right? And, and, and the miscommunication of, you don't care for me because you're not giving me what I want. And that's, that's where that comes in.
so but do you expect maybe i should use a different word is it important to you to have what i'm hearing you describe is equity in your relationships right so yeah, even absolutely. though you might help a friend move they might not help you move but they serve you in other ways same exactly. with your romantic partner yeah i would argue that's an expectation i would argue that you do expect a certain level of reciprocal help and service in your relationships and that you are health emotionally mature enough to recognize it might not be exactly in the way that you initially want slash need and so you can appreciate the other ways in which people kind of help you back but there is a, an expectation in your relationships that it goes both ways or would no. you not call that an expectation i wouldn't call it an expectation i would okay. call that a relationship right um, okay. a relationship can't be a relationship without you know, that three-way street, every relationship is a yeah. three-way street, what my way, your way, and then the relationship itself, right? Um, it's like having a joint bank account, you have each uh, your own bank account. And I'm not talking just just, uh, you know, romantic here, even a co working relationship, right? You have your needs, my needs, and then what we each put into the middle. Right. And then we take out yeah. of the middle whatever we need to su sustain the relationship. Right. You can't have a relationship if people aren't right. A, a toxic relationship is 100 percent one person. That's a toxic relationship. Right. So you can't have a healthy relationship without having give and take in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I think we're mostly talking about the yeah. same thing. And but you know, it, I, and I think so. And I also think it's different for every person and it changes mm -hmm. depending on your maturity level and your yeah. experience and that particular relationship. And I think, you know, again, to talk about everyone's doing the best they can, maybe you, you can look at yourself and be like, wow, when I was younger, I had a lot of expectations for people. Yeah. Well, that's where you were at. You needed to feel more safe and secure and your body was doing mm -hmm. the best she could to feel safe and grounded. And now, you know, and so again, not beating ourselves up and recognizing that there is really wise behavior and reasons that we build these kinds of coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms. And as we grow older and mature and do that inner work, we get to kind of shed some of those layers and say, okay, thank you for helping me. I get to set you aside and we're going to do things a little bit. <laughs> I wrote a book about that. <laughs> oh, cool. That's this awesome. is all my... All my past romantic relationships, yeah. how each one of them, even though they failed, how each one of them prepared me for my marriage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They each taught me something different. And sometimes I was an a-hole. Sometimes they were an a-hole. Yeah. Um, but each one had a valuable lesson that I needed to learn to be the best possible version of myself I could be in, in a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I, I would say that the same is true for me. You know, I'm, I'm really passionate about bringing a little bit more of unity and peace to our world. And if it wasn't for my experience and what I would describe as a harmful religious system, I wouldn't understand how religious people think and operate. So I live in America where half, I don't know what the stats are of us are evangelical Christians. Right. And so I now, even though that relationship harmed me in a lot of ways, I can say I know exactly <laughs> why they think that way, why they do what they do. And so I can speak in a way that is empathetic and understanding and compassionate, even though I 
choose a different way and a different path. And so to your point, I'm, I am grateful for all of the ways that my past experiences have taught me and I get to choose something different. Yep. This world needs to stop judging, ridiculing, yeah. shaming, and rejecting people because they're their beliefs they think are different differently yeah and that's not okay that's one of the reasons i started this show right is yeah i wanted to share we can have different opinions we yes. can be saying the same thing in different ways like melissa and i were today yes and it's okay and it's we still learn from each other and stayed in yes. a relationship and stayed regulated and asked questions and listened and learned and that is what we need more of absolutely yeah. all right well um, is there anything you'd like to add before we get going? No, I'm just grateful for this conversation. Listeners, watchers, have compassion for yourselves and for others. And we're all doing the best we can. I really believe that. And on that note, remember that if you're in a toxic relationship and you're having trouble getting out, it is okay to be wherever it is that you're at. Yep. Know that you are not alone. You are not meant to stay in that space for longer than you need to learn. Um, and that's what these, these moments are. They're learning moments to help you be the best possible version of yourself that they can. You're supposed to learn and grow. So experience everything, learn and grow from them. And eventually, um, find your way out of those toxic relationships. All right. Um, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining me today. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you. you. All right. If anybody would like to connect with either myself or Melissa, and I know so confusing, Melissa's. Uh, make sure that you go and check the links in the description of this episode. Uh, you can find Melissa. I know that um, we did link a bunch of her stuff in, in the description of this episode. So go and take a look at her and, you know, find out what she's got to offer you. Um, our sponsor today is Phoenix Identity, which just happens to be one of my businesses. Um, go and check that out. They are offering you the seven ways you may be damaging your relationships. This is a must-have guide to start taking accountability for yourself, having healthy communication, and learning how to have healthy relationships. Go and check that out. Link in the description. If you would like to be a guest speaker, a guest blogger, or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show, please re reach out to us at justalivetv.com. Um, like, follow, and share the show. And have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, when it, depending on when or where you're watching. And I'll see all of you on the next episode. Bye.